0: hey guys just before we get started i wanted to kind of put a swear warning because i realize i do in fact swear a lot and i just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child and also i'd like to say uh sorry mom <laughs> let's get started with the episode hey guys welcome back to the long May rain podcast i'm aiden i'm your host for this podcast so i hope you guys have all had a wonderful uh two weeks um i just had my uh well i suppose it was my quasi march break and also my reading week which was really nice actually um well i did a lot of work which you know is good for me because i need to i needed to catch up on work to be honest but i also went to a cat cafe which Was so cool. Now, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but like I'm semi allergic to cats, like not like super bad, like not like I'll die if I like am like two feet near a cat, but like enough where it's annoying, but I still wanted to go because I do actually like cats. And also I like cafes. So I went and I actually didn't even know Fredericton had a cat cafe. Like it just doesn't seem like something Fredericton would have, but it does. So I went with my friends and like my strategy to like not have an allergic reaction like without buying uh, allergy medication uh, was to like not touch my face after I've touched the cat and to wash my hands frequently and guess what it worked I did not have an allergic reaction it was great you guys should all go to a cat cafe it's fun because cats are awesome and all the cats there were adoptable and I really wanted one but I live in a dorm and can't have one and also I can't afford to keep an animal so that would suck oh what else have I been doing oh god what a night I had on Thursday. I got like randomly really sick. Don't worry, it's not COVID, I'm fine. But like, I was like, I was halfway through my shift at work and I had like a little bit of a headache, but it's like, it's fine, I'll, I'll be fine. And then I get back to my dorm and I'm like, okay, now it really hurts. So I go and ask my friend Isabella for like a magnesium pill and she gives it to me and like, I'm like, it's fine, I'll feel better. News flash, I did not feel better. It actually, I actually felt worse. And like for hours, like probably from like 12 o'clock at night to like 3 a.m., like pounding headache. And you know, when one thing's wrong in my body, the rest of my body's like, panic! Fuck! <laughs> so the rest of me was like, nausea. And, like, obviously I was really tired because I hadn't gotten any sleep. So I started to get a little desperate, and I rummaged around in, like, all the medications that I have. And I found some Motrin liquid gels. But you know, like, when you, like, improperly store liquid gels and they get all sticky? And, like, they rec- it's recommended you don't take them. Well, I was desperate, so I took two. And good news, it worked. So I did eventually get to sleep. And then I got woken up by my alarm at 9.30 because like I had to go to class, but I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to my first class. I need to catch up on sleep. I feel like shit. So I was like, it's okay. I'll just, I'll go to lunch and I'll go to my second class. So I fell back asleep and I didn't even think to like, you know. Set an alarm or anything. So I wake up thinking that, like, I've woken up at eleven thirty 30 for lunch. Nope, it was one o'clock and my second class had already started. Luckily, my teacher is still doing like a hybrid thing where, like, you can join online. So I didn't miss the class, but like, it was definitely like a day for me. So Thursday sucked. But, uh, and good news, it was really warm yesterday. Me and my friends took a walk, like, downtown. It was like a really fun walk. I think we walked like 10K. Like, gosh, it was a long walk, but it was great. Anyway, enough about me uh saint patty's day just passed like two two two-ish days ago by the time i'm recording this yeah something like that anyway today we are talking about grace kelly and it's kind of like a kind of like a saint patrick's day episode because grace kelly was of irish descent i believe she was second generation american i don't know we'll 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 check when we actually get into the episode now i i didn't know a lot about grace kelly before i went into this like but you know i had heard of her before she's like pretty famous you know golden hollywood age actress um who became princess of a very tiny european nation because she fell in love with a prince like it's a really like romantic sounding story and she's also kind of like princess diana before princess diana was princess diana you know she's kind of like the standard before that like before Diana became Princess of Wales. If you wanted to think of commoner turned princess, you probably thought of Grace Kelly. So I'm really excited to talk about her today. Let's get into it. Okay, so Grace Kelly was born on November 12th, 1929 in Herman University Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania as the third child to uh, a first-generation American, uh, Jack Kelly Sr. And uh, his wife, also a first-generation immigrant, but she was a uh, first-generation German-American, Margaret Major. Now, of course, her being born on November 12th makes her a Scorpio, and to be honest, In the, you know, the very little note that I know about Grace Kelly, uh, she she never really gave off like big Scorpio vibes to me because, you know, as I've talked about, Scorpios give off like, I'm going to cut you (laughs) energy. And Grace Kelly, you know, she's just like this like classic, like Hollywood American beauty. And she just doesn't give off like, I'm going to cut you energy. She, she... (laughs) She kind of gives off like, like really classy energy and, you know, I was a very biased Libra. I thought, hey, she might be a Libra, but you know, Scorpio works too. I mean, Grace was such a, like a strong world person and Zora Scorpios. So, you know, it kind of works out that she is a Scorpio. Like she, she still hits all the marks, even though she didn't give off initial Scorpio vibes to me. Okay. Let's talk about Grace's parents, Jack and Margaret Kelly, starting with her dad, Jack. Now, Jack Kelly was born in 1889. And he came from a pretty middle-class Irish-American family, and as an adult, he was able to attend a uh, private college, and he worked as a bricklayer at his brother's company. Now, one thing you have to know about Jack Kelly is that he was huge. I mean, this man stood at like six foot two. He was very tall, which was like well above the average like height of the time which was like 5'7", I think. I'm 5'7". I'm, I'm considered tall for a woman, but like if a man is 5'7", they're considered short. So Jack Kelly, tall motherfucker, very tall. And you know, with him being tall, he was a natural athlete his like whole life. Jack competed in basketball, football, boxing, and rowing. But out of all of the sports that he played, rowing was the thing he was the best at. And soon enough, he was one of the most popular rowers in the United States. Like so famous for being a rower now he won several prestigious championships and uh one time he was rejected from the henley royal regatta which i didn't know what that was i had to google it apparently it's a very fancy rowing competition and the reason he was rejected is because he was like considered like too common because like he was he was a bricklayer and like most of his family were like self-made like businessmen so like he he just wasn't the kind of person that they wanted apparently at the Royal Regatta to like represent any country so um, instead of going to the Royal Regatta which he was re- rejected from he decided to attend the 1920 Olympics instead which you know Marginally, I feel like the Olympics are cooler. Anyway, now he would go on to win a fistful of gold medals, uh, both by himself and with the help of his cousin Paul Costello. Um, Even better than that, at the 1920 Olympics, he defeated uh, British rower Jack Brisford who uh, ironically had been accepted at the Henley Royal Regatta and was their, like, golden boy champion, which must have been so fucking embarrassing for the British. Like, they rejected Jack Kelly because he was, like, too common. And then he beats their fucking golden boy champion at rowing. I mean, go fucking Jack Kelly. Get him. But here's the best part. Now to add insult injury, when Jack Kelly won all those gold medals, he mailed his like racing cap, which was like this funny little hat that rowers had to wear in the 20s. Anyway, he mailed his racing cap to King George V with a note that said, Greetings from the bricklayer. (laughs) Which is so fucking ballsy of him. Like, who has the balls to like get get rejected? by the brits beat their golden boy champion and then send this like really like obnoxious note to the king of england you know i gotta say i admire him for it you know go jack kelly now after his rowing career uh he left his brother's business and opened several of his own businesses with uh loans from his brothers which uh it is um businesses like boomed with success practically making him a millionaire in a few years which i mean good for him self-made man okay so enough about jack kelly uh let's talk about grace's mother margaret major who is also really impressive in her own right now margaret was born in 1898 also in philadelphia to german immigrant parents who um were also very middle class uh she grew up in the uh, strawberry mansion neighborhood uh, which as google has told told me was a very nice place to live when she was born. So they must've had like a little bit of money. Now, uh, Margaret went to uh, the William Penn School for Girls, and later on she attended uh, Temple University, earning a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and eventually she would go on to be a big advocate for women's athletics. She was the first coach of uh, the women's athletic teams at the University of Pennsylvania, and she organized and trained a women's basketball team, and she also scheduled the first intercollegiate competitions for women. Damn! now uh she met uh grace's father jack at the local swimming pool of course um in 1914 when she was about 16 and he was 26 which is very gross um but i'm glad they actually waited it out uh 10 years before he actually decided to propose to her so like yay but also ew she was a teenager and he was 26 anyway uh together they had Peggy Kelly, John Kelly Jr., and our girl Grace, and then Grace had a little sister named Elizabeth Kelly. So, all in all, Grace had some pretty amazing, successful parents, which I feel like probably impacted her personality a lot, especially with, you know, her mother being so independent and, like, such a cool fucking lady. And, you know, Margaret, she she wasn't just, like, this, like amazing leader and athlete and teacher. She was also a housewife and a working mother, which is like a lot of things to juggle at once. So like, go Margaret Major. Now, uh, let's get into Grace's education. Uh, now, most of Grace's early education took place at St. Bridget's, which was a Catholic school for girls uh, in Philadelphia, where Grace would have received a pretty traditional education for women at the time, uh, not too much different, actually, from what we really learn now, uh, minus, like I suppose, the Catholic stuff, of course, unless, of course, the person who's listening right now is Catholic. Uh, I went to a Catholic school. <laughs> Um, after she left St. Bridget, she, uh, was sent to Ravenhill Academy, which sounds very foreboding, but it was just another private Catholic school, uh, that Grace attended. Uh, most teachers and even Grace's parents, uh, described her as, uh, quite an introverted and religious girl, um, but she was really only like that in front of authority figures, apparently, according to her classmates at Raven Hill and her high school later on. She was an energetic person. She liked to smoke cigarettes behind the school building, which gives me the Scorpio vibes that I thought she was missing. Uh, now, Grace was never into sports like her parents. Like, it just wasn't her thing, <laughs> which must have been, like, frightening when you come from, like, this family of overachievers. Like, her parents were both athletes, and for her to just be like, I don't really like sports must have been like, ugh. I mean, when your dad is, like, a three-time gold medalist and your mom helped, like, women have sports teams in the 1920s, that's a lot to live up to. But luckily, she found something she was into, and that was acting. (laughs) Da-da-da. Now, Grace's uncle, Walter Kelly, was already an actor, and her mother had also modeled a little bit when she was a kid. So performing was just kind of in Grace's blood, even if she wasn't going to be an athlete. And it was because of her uncle when she realized how much she liked Acting, and from there there was pretty much no turning back. Now Grace dipped her toe into the modeling game by doing some photos with her younger sister. At and at the age of twelve, she joined an acting troupe, which I actually found it was a common hobby in the early forties. Like people like randomly joined acting troops. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it was um while she was in this acting church she kind of became a little bit of a local celebrity in philadelphia performing in plays like uh peter pan as peter pan which uh you know might sound weird because like peter pan is obviously a boy's part but like uh usually in, in in theater especially with plays like where you have young boys usually um little girls would sometimes play like young boy parts a lot so it's It's actually uh, not weird for her to have played Peter Pan. And she also played uh, Catherine in Taming of the Shrew, which great part. (laughs) Now, when uh, Grace graduated from high school, she wrote in her yearbook that she was going to be a famous actress one of these days. What a self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) Now, before we move on to the start of her acting career, I want to talk about what Grace looked like. Because damn, if that girl was a pretty as hell... Holy shit, she was hot. She just had this, like... Like, if you've ever seen any pictures of her, like, she is fucking gorgeous. She has this, like, nice square face, blue eyes. She had natural blonde hair, which, you know, I was I was shocked to find out that was her natural hair color. Because so many women in, like, the golden age of Hollywood, especially actresses, like to dye their hair for, like, PR. Uh, but she was a total natural blonde. Also, she was decently tall. She was 5'7". I'm 5'7", so good, which, you know, is pretty tall for a woman. Like, average height for women, I think, is, like, between, like, 5'3", 5'4". Uh, so, her being 5'7", was, like, a definite plus to her looks. And, like, of, of course she was going to be super tall. Her dad was, like, 6'2", and her mom's German, so I imagine there's, like, some tall jeans <laughs> uh, from there. So, I, I gotta, like, uh, fist bump Grace Kelly right now because, you know, I'm ethnically irish so solidarity for ethnically tall irish girls we gotta stick together because we're all super ridiculously tall go grace okay it's time to get into the juicy stuff start of grace's acting career so in 1947 grace applied to the bennington college in vermont but because her math scores were too low she was rejected So she basically took that as a sign that she wasn't meant to go to college and decided to start pursuing acting, which did not go down well with her family. Uh, Both her parents thought she was crazy for not wanting to go to a traditional college and... Uh, wanting to go to New York to pursue acting. Her dad basically saw it as her being a prostitute, which at the time and even before the 50s, that's how actresses were viewed, like prostitutes or sluts. But luckily, Grace had the support of her uh, awesome playwright uncle, uh, George Kelly, uh, who's a different uncle than the acting uncle. Grace had a lot of uncles. <laughs> that's the point. Um, George Kelly supported Grace pretty much from the start. Um, And at 18 years old, uh, Grace moved to New York City to audition for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which was an incredibly prestigious acting school that would prepare her to be a professional actress. She auditioned for the school using a scene from her uncle George Kelly's play. And while she did great at the audition, the school had already filled its quota for that year. But luckily, her uncle helped her get an interview with the admissions department, and she was eventually let in thanks to her uncle, which, you know, I know she technically got got in on nepotism, but she probably would have gotten in anyway if if she hadn't auditioned so late. So yay for her, but boo for nepotism? Yeah. Now... During her three years at the American Academy of Dramatic Art, she studied at the, sorry, she stayed, ugh, my bad, at the Barb Zion Hotel for Women, which was basically this like all female apartment complex. It was actually a pretty common a living arrangement in the 1950s. Um, if you were a single woman, generally you would move into a place like this because it would have been unusual for you to live alone in like a co-ed apartment building. Also, it's New York. You don't want to live in an area that's not like full of women. Um now in order to make money on the side and to gain some acting experience, uh Grace got work as a model in cigarette and perfume commercials and uh she also started doing small TV roles until she landed on Broadway in plays like The Father, uh The Rockingham Tea Set, The Apple Tree, The Mirror of Delusion. Um and in 1951 Grace landed her very first film role as a minor character in the movie 14 Hours, and even though she probably didn't contribute to its success, the film got her uh, uh, started in the acting world, and her co-stars were really impressed by her. and they thought if she you know kept at it, she could go pretty far. And I think she really took like all that advice from her co-stars, like to heart, because in the same year she accepted a role in the movie uh, called High Noon opposite Gary Cooper, which was a massive deal because Gary Cooper was a big name in film at the time. Now the film came out in 1952 and while it did well enough at the box office critics were not too nice to Grace uh, they called her performance mousy but she didn't let that deter her at all at all and continued to land decent roles uh she pro- performed in a few dramas in theater and in TV serials. Uh, She appeared in several television plays and screen tested for the film Taxi in the spring of 1952. Now, director John Ford uh, noticed Grace in the screen test and his studio flew her out to Los Angeles to audition in September 1952. Now, Ford said that Grace showed breeding quality in class and she was given the role along with a seven-year contract at a relatively uh low salary of $850 a week which like obviously now like like for me I'd be like $850 a week fucking deal but uh back then for an actress $850 a week was like nothing but uh, because Grace was like kind of desperate, she signed the deal under two conditions. First, that one out of every two years, she had time off to work in the theater because she loved the theater in New York. And second, that she would be able to live in New York City at her residence in uh, Manhattan House at uh, 200 East 66th Street, which uh, is now a landmark, actually. Now, uh, after she signed that contract in 1953, she starred in the movie The uh, Oh boy i'm not gonna pronounce this right mogambo uh opposite clark gable who you may know from gone with the wind um it was this film role that really helped her like launch her into like bigger movies and uh she eventually did move to los angeles to work for mgm even though one part of her contract was that she wanted to stay in new york but i think she realized at some point yeah this isn't gonna work i might as well go to los angeles Now, I won't list every single thing Grace was in at the height of her career because, God, that would take forever. So let's just list off some of her greatest hits, you know? Now, in 1954, Grace starred in the uh, film Dial M for Murder, which did uh, really well and helped her get noticed by Albert Hitchcock, who directed some of her most iconic films like Rear Window and To Catch a Thief. Uh, And I actually heard uh, To Catch a Thief is being remade with Gal Gadot, which is cool. I'm probably going to watch the original first and then maybe I'll watch the remake with Gal Gadot to see what I think. Um, Also, in 1954, uh, Grace was offered the role in the movie Country Girl, which was a play adaption, uh, but uh, to do it, MGM, who she was signed with, would have to, like, loan her out to uh, Paramount studios, which they didn't want to do. They did it a couple of times, but they were kind of sick of lending her out to Paramount. Uh, but Grace threatened, uh, the studio to go back to New York if they didn't let her do it. So they backed off and let her do it. And thank God they did it because Grace won her first Oscar. Ugh, Oscar I'm sorry for best actress beating out Judy Garland for the award. Judy Garland, like wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. She beat her for this role. And she almost didn't get it because MGM had to be assholes. Now, Grace did her last three three films, uh, To Catch a Thief, The Swan, and High Society, all in the space of one fucking year. I mean, that is work, honey. Until one fateful day in 1955, when she met a very certain prince. Okay, I want you guys to picture this with me. Cannes, France, 1955. Grace has been invited to go with the American delegation to the Cannes Film Festival, where her Oscar-winning film, Country Girl, is being shown. Now, while in France, she is asked to participate in a photo session with some guy named Rainier Third, Rainier Prince of Monaco, which she agrees to. But due to some uh, striking electrical workers, she s- shows up to this photo session hair wet because her dryer didn't work and wearing pretty much the only dress she had that wasn't wrinkled. And that is how Rainier fell head over heels in love with Grace. I mean, that that's cute. That's like an adorable meet cute. Now before we talk about their very brief dating period and their colossal wedding, I want to talk a bit about Monaco and what it is because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand much about Monaco and why it exists as a country or some people don't even know it's a country. Anyway. So Monaco is a principality located in southern France, and as far as I know, it is the second smallest country in the world, being about uh, five kilometers across. You could quite literally walk across this place, like, no problem, probably, like, in an hour uh now monaco has a very checkered history um over the centuries with money issues and maintaining independence from france and they're very proud people as i've heard uh, despite the fact that they are not a very well-known country they have a lot of national pride which is you know great for such a tiny country to have a lot of pride in where you come from now monaco has had a royal family since the 1600s and Rainier's family is one of the longest continually ruling dynasties in european history because monaco's independence as a country relies on the fact that A Grimaldi, which is the house that rules Monaco, sits on the throne. So, Rainier, at this time, was under a lot of pressure to get married because uh, he was basically it for the Grimaldis. Like, um, oh god, he wasn't an only child. He did have a sister, but, like, she's a woman, so obviously that's, like, a whole thing they would have had to go through, like she probably would have been able to rule. Anyway, he was under a lot of pressure to get married. But when he met Grace, it was love at first sight, which is really sweet. Now, Grace and Rainier's dating period went by pretty quickly. And by January 6, 1956, they were engaged and set to be married in April. And I mean, they only went out for eight months and everyone was pretty shocked. Like, even though everyone was like, Rainier, you need to get married quickly. People were like, damn, eight months. That was fast. And then also, also on Grace's side, like her friends were like, God, this was really fast because it, it didn't really seem like Grace to rush into a relationship. And according to what I read, this wasn't really characteristic of Rainer e- either. Like he, he didn't really like to rush relationships. He he liked slow burn romances, but they seemed happy and in love. So yay for them. Um, On April 19th, 1956, in St. Nicholas Cathedral, the rich and famous of the world packed in to watch what was called the Wedding of the Century in its time. Of course, many weddings of the century happen a lot. Princess Diana, for example, they call that the Wedding of the Century, but this was the Wedding of the Century. It was a huge television event thousands, hundreds of famous people showed up for this thing, as well as, you know, adoring Monegascan citizens who were pretty pumped for their tiny country getting all this attention, considering Grace is, you know, this like refined, beautiful American actress marrying their prince. I mean, imagine the attention that that gets. Like, wow. Now, we have to talk about Grace's wedding dress because, God, it was fucking gorgeous. Now, if you haven't seen it, Take a second. Google it. I'll wait. You're back. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. Now, the dress was designed by Helen Rose, who was a costume designer at MGM Studios. And Grace's wedding dress was basically a wedding present from MGM. Basically like, hey, thanks for working for us. Here's your wedding present. We made your dress. Um also you know she was retiring from acting because as a princess she wasn't allowed to act anymore kind of like how Meghan Markle retired from acting when she uh, became Duchess of Sussex basically uh same thing and also I have to mention Grace is only 27 at this time she's retiring from acting at the ripe age of 27 I mean good for her now this dress is so fucking pretty it's got this like lacy like sheer top with long sleeves shaped neckline. Also this like lacy cap thing. I'm not really into the lacy cap thing, but you know it actually looks good on her. Um and god this dress is just like a work of art and it's just the perfect dress for that day. Okay. So now that the wedding is over, let's actually get to know a bit about Grace's new hubby, Prince Rainer, because he's actually a really fascinating dude. Now, Rainer was born on uh, May 31st, 1923, which means he was about seven years older than Grace, which actually surprised me because I thought he was so much older than her. I don't know why. He just looks a lot older than her. Uh, Also, him being born on May 31st, Gemini, which is interesting because Jenna... Gemini's and Scorpio's like together as a couple are like a big no-no in Zodiac compatibility but like whatever they seem to work. Now one fun fact about him is that he was actually the first future prince of Monaco since the 1700s to actually be born in Monaco and not France which is actually interesting. However, uh, what I found most interesting about him is how he even became Prince of Monaco because realistically, he should have never been on the throne. Now, Rainier's grandfather was Louis II of Monaco and the only child Louis II had was an illegitimate daughter named Charlotte. And when Louis II realized he wasn't gonna have any children, he legitimized Charlotte as his heir and made her basically a princess of Monaco-in-waiting. Now, Charlotte is a very fascinating person who I'm gonna talk about one day. She's gonna get her own episode because she's very cool. But the point is, she was in line for the throne, and she had Rainer soon after her wedding. But as her father got sicker, uh, they both agreed that Monaco would not accept the divorced bastard as their princess. So she gave up her succession rights to her son Raynor. So when his grandfather died in 1949, he immediately became the Prince of Monaco instead of his mother becoming princess. Which really sucks, because I think she probably could have done a good job, but I feel like she was a little more, a little um, not trusting of her own abilities. Anyway, Narainer was, was and is... Uh, well, he's not alive anymore. He was a very good prince. And he fixed actually a lot of the money issues Monaco had had post-World War II by making Monaco a tax haven for France, which, you know, being a tax haven isn't always a good thing. But, I mean, it helped their economy, so yay. Uh, French billionaires basically came into Monaco because they didn't have to pay taxes there. And they poured a lot of money into the economy, not to mention extra tourism thanks to Grace. So, all in all, Rainier seems like a solid dude go Rainier you know (laughs) okay so right after their super large glamorous awesome wedding the couple decided to take a long cruise as their honeymoon uh, through the Mediterranean very nice and when they came back Grace was already pregnant with their first child and on January 23rd 1957 she gave birth to her first child Princess Caroline which was great because it meant they had an heir, even if it wasn't the much preferred boy Uh, The following year, on March 14th, 1958, she gave birth to the long desired heir, Prince Albert, who took his older sister's place in the line of succession and would eventually become the future Prince of Monaco. He is Prince of Monaco right now. We'll talk about that later. Now, as Princess of Monaco, uh, Grace took her duties very seriously and was very dedicated to her charity work. Uh, She became the patron of the Red Cross of Monaco and, uh, the Rainbow Coalition children, uh, which was an orphanage that our favorite bisexual dancer, Josephine Baker ran, uh, Grace also hosted an annual Christmas celebration with presents for orphan children in Monaco. Um, Grace also served as president of the Garden Club of Monaco and the president of the organizing community of the International Arts Foundation. And Grace and her husband visited Ireland on three occasions. Um, and in 1976, she purchased her family's ancestral homestead in uh, Dermurla near Newport, County Mayo. Now, Grace was pretty active in improving the arts institutions of Monaco, uh, forming the Princess Grace Foundation in 1964 to support local artisans. Um, in 1965, she accepted the invitation to be an honorary member of the La Leche League, a worldwide mother and mother support group which focuses on mothering through breastfeeding. Now, at the 1971 conference in Chicago, she was a speaker addressing uh, 1,400 mothers and 1,600 fathers and babies. Uh, This was an important cause to her as she actually breastfed her children, which was considered very taboo for wealthy women. You didn't uh, breastfeed your own children. I I think it has something to do with, like, your fertility going down when you're breastfeeding. Obviously, if you're a royal woman, you need to keep creating heirs fast and fast. So... Breastfeeding is discouraged. Anyway. Um, In the mid-1960s, Alfred Hitchcock and many other directors were, like, kind of missing her a little bit and tried to lure her back to Hollywood with film roles. And, you know, Grace was tempted. She kind of missed Hollywood a bit. But the people of Monaco kind of like protested the whole thing like they loved her but they just they didn't want her to go back and they were like it's inappropriate she's our princess she can't go back to acting uh not to mention rainier thought it was a bad idea and it was something they fought a lot about so eventually she had to back off um also in the mid-60s she gave birth to her last child princess stephanie Okay, so fast forward to the early 80s. There's a there's a lot we could talk about, but I don't wanna go on forever about all of Grace's like charities, and also there's like a lot of Grace and Rainer not getting along, which is sad because I really do think they were in love, but you know, they they had their fights, and I, I feel like they grew apart as, you know, time went on, you know. Okay, so fast forwarding to the early eighties, uh Grace has been Princess of Monaco for decades at this point. And one day Grace and her youngest daughter Stephanie were driving back to Monaco from Grace's country home where, uh, during the drive, Grace complained to Stephanie that her head really hurt. Um, and by the way, Grace, Grace is driving. Um, and while they were driving, Grace slumped over the wheel on a very, very sharp turn. I have to mention Monaco is a very hilly place. And despite Stephanie trying to use the handbrake to stop the car, Stephanie and Grace flew down the 120-foot mountainside and crashed. Now, both Grace and her daughter were rushed to the hospital in Monaco. They were both pretty okay. Uh, Stephanie was fine other than having a concussion and a minor fracture and a bit of a sore neck from the whiplash, but Grace was not so lucky. She had brain damage, uh, injuries to her chest, not to mention a broken femur, which is crazy injury because a femur is really hard to break. Uh, Grace was basically on life support with Pretty much no hope for recovery, so the next day on September 14th, Rainer made the very, very difficult decision to unplug Grace's life support and let her die peacefully. Now, Grace's funeral was pretty much as big as her wedding, and pretty much everyone attended this damn thing. Now, Car- Cary Grant was there, Nancy Reagan was there, uh, Daniel Matrand, Diana, Princess of Wales showed up, and Empress Farah of Iran was there. Um, unfortunately grace's daughter stephanie was still in hospital during the funeral and was in pretty bad shape so she wasn't able to attend the funeral which sucks because like this whole thing really fucked her up for a very very long time like stephanie was not the same person after her mother died and like she, she was there so it was the worst for her Now, um, after Grace died, Stephanie got into fashion and was a philanthropist, but she had pretty bad luck with dudes and she has been divorced a handful of times. She has three kids, Um, Grace's other daughter, Caroline, is also a huge philanthropist, not to mention an athlete, much like her grandparents, and is considered one of the world's best dressed women. She is very, very beautiful. Uh, She has also been married three times and is currently married to Prince Ernest of Hanover, and altogether she has four kids and three stepchildren. Now, Grace's son, Albert, is the current Prince of Monaco, and he's also a very sporty person and is a car enthusiast. Now, for a very long time, many people thought that Albert would never settle down and have a family, and as far as we know, he has two illegitimate children, uh, Jasmine and Alexander. But in 2011, he married South African uh, swimmer, Charlene Whitstock, and they have uh, twins uh, named, oh God, what were their names? Oh, right, Jack. (laughs) My bad jack and uh gabrielle however uh charlene albert could be heading for divorceville soon so like don't be too happy for them they haven't really had the best marriage and they're like having a whole thing <sighs> yeah anyway um as for rainier uh he never remarried and he was really really deeply affected by grace's death um he died in 2005 which i didn't know how like i didn't realize he died so recently. At least for me, because I was born in 2001. So I, I was alive when he was alive. And he was buried next to Grace. Okay, so let's get into the legacy. Uh, Grace was a total powerhouse of a woman. She went after what she wanted, and she made a successful career uh, in film before she was even 30, which is very impressive. Uh, she was an amazing mother and princess, and all in all, a wonderful person who deserved a so much happier life than the one she got. And thank you guys so much for joining me. I will see you in two weeks with a new episode that I'm really excited about. Goodbye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at rain 2 The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience, so I would absolutely appreciate it if you 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 guys could do that. All right. uh, Bye.